0: let us go Hey everybody, it's Saturday, and you know what that means. It's Ask RJS. This episode is brought to you by patrons like you. If you want to help make the shows, then head on over to patreon.com slash runjumpstomp, and you can get all of my shows without any ads in them whatsoever. Again, that URL is patreon.com slash runjumpstomp. And if you want to hang out for the live shows, I am recording this episode. Most of the time, I don't record uh, the AskRJS episodes live on Twitch. Uh, but I am recording this episode live on Twitch, just like I do every single Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. So if you haven't already gone to my Twitch channel, twitch.tv slash stomp and click on the little heart, which is the follow button, uh, then you'll get notified when I go live. And you can be here for the shows as well, as uh, people like Vaxor and Pitteray and Jester Scott and Kevin Webb and Mr. Tomato 64 are. So, uh, thank you guys all for joining me. You guys are awesome. Let's get started and talk all about the topics that you guys want to discuss. All through the week on Twitter, I put out prompts for you to respond to. Uh, again, I'm at runjumpstomp on Twitter. You guys reply and vote on the polls and you reply with your reasons. And we we have a discussion. And then on Saturday, I bring it back all uh, for the show In addition, if you haven't joined the Discord yet, runjumpstomp.com slash Discord, there's a channel in there called Ask RJS, where you can post questions, and maybe those will get included on the show if it's something that I want to discuss. Let's get started with our very first topic of the day. (laughs) Our first topic of the day comes in from Two-Tone Strauss on Twitter. Here's what they had to say, at Stomp. Don't you think it's time Mario games axed the tired old premise of saving the princess? Disney's 86, this problematic and overused trope long ago in favor of fresher stories with broader appeal. I'm excited for the new Paper Mario, but this gives me pause. Ask RJS. All right, so uh, I get what you're saying. I absolutely do. But I, I just I have to say that Mario games story just doesn't matter. Most Nintendo games, the story is not an important part of what's going on in the game. The story is just an excuse for gameplay. It's not like they're trying to really tell a gripping tale. Uh, They're just saying, hey, look, here's a MacGuffin that you have to deal with in order to go learn how to jump or throw your hat or something like that. That being said... Could they do things differently? They 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 tr- have tried in the past. They tried to make a a game, and I have to admit, I didn't buy it either. But uh, super super Peach, it was uh, basically Mario got kidnapped. I mean, yeah, it's still tropey because it's just a gender reversal. But um, you know, Mario got kidnapped, and Peach had to go and save him instead of him saving her and it did abysmally like it just didn't sell very well um why is that i don't know maybe the game wasn't very good maybe it wasn't well reviewed maybe it's because it didn't feature mario as the protagonist i really don't know nintendo's tried to do things different but they found a formula that works for them and if like i don't know anybody that really cares about the story in a mario game it's just like, okay, hey, I am Mario. I get to jump on things, and that's how it goes. So should they get rid of that trope? I don't know. It'd be kind of cool to see something different from them. But at the same time, I think that I think that if you've found your niche and it works really, really well, if you stray too far from that, you're likely to lose people. But, you know, Nintendo is one of those companies that constantly... You know, colors outside the lines. They, they do, th- they do change things up from time to time. I just don't know that it's important that they change up a story when the story is so paper thin to begin with. I-, I don't know what they could do to make it more interesting. If you are saying that you don't like it because it's, it's that same trope of rescuing a female or a female waiting for a male to rescue her. I get that. I understand it. But when the story is so unimportant to the actual game, I just don't know that it matters. This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news... Uh, the next question comes in from uh, Discord. We have a Discord user. Uh, I just lost it, so I'm scrolling to it. Uh, Pat Duddy, Discord user Pat Duddy, uh, sent in a question in our AskRJS channel. They said, Bill, it is well known that you don't like Monopoly. Are there any board games that you do enjoy playing? For people who have watched my content on on Twitch or on YouTube for an extended period of time... You've probably seen, you haven't seen it recently, but, you know, my older videos, I used to have a bunch of board games on the shelf behind me. And it's it's not necessarily that I think Monopoly is an objectively bad game, but when you compare it to all of the other board games that you could be playing, you are missing out on some fantastic games if you are just playing Monopoly. Because Monopoly while pervasive, and it's just everywhere, everybody plays Monopoly, not nearly as many people play the really, really good board games. And so that's really my problem with Monopoly is it's fine, I guess, whatever, but it's just nothing when it's compared to the other board games that you could be playing. So Uh, Like I said, I used to have them all on the shelf behind me, but now they're in the closet uh, on the other side of this room. Uh, So I saw this question and I went over, sat on the floor, opened the closet, started looking at the games, and I wrote down the ones that jumped out at me as, oh, these these are the ones that I love introducing people to because they're just so absolutely, like almost intense board games. Uh, Some of them are intense board games. Some of them are a little more um, relaxed. Now, of course, you could do things like, oh, Settlers of of Catan is the one that everybody always jumps to, you know, Ticket to Ride. And those are really good board games, but I'm talking about the ones that take it even further than that. And so I went on uh, Twitter and I tweeted out just, I think it was like five examples of awesome board games that I really, really like, with links to Amazon where you can buy them. Uh, but let's let's actually take a look at that Twitter list because I didn't want to start talking about them and not be able to remember which ones they were. All right, so uh, if you don't follow me on Twitter, uh, twitter.com slash runjumpstomp is where you can find this list. I just tweeted it out a few minutes ago. Uh, here we go. Star Wars Imperial Assault is this really, really cool board game where you pick either the empire, like you get to be the good guys or the bad guys. And I'm not judging who's the good guys or the bad guys here. That's really up to you to decide. But you get to de- you get to pick one side or the other. That's the side I'm going to be on. And then you have objectives that you have to accomplish. And the people that you're playing with, they have objectives that they have to accomplish too. And maybe those objectives are stopping you from from completing your objectives. So it's described as an asymmetrical versus game where you're both kind of doing your own team. It's very complicated. The rules are in uh, very detailed. There's a lot of small details that you have to remember, but it's incredibly fun. The, the cool thing about Star Wars uh, Imperial Assault is that this particular game comes with like 30 campaigns. So every time you play, you're going to be doing something different, which is, I think, a theme with the board games that I like is that they're always very different than any of the other board game or any of the other times that you've played. Uh, Another really good example uh, that I did not put on this list is the Ghostbusters uh, board game. That is really fantastic. It has like a campaign that you can play through. And each story has a mission. Each mission takes, you know, somewhere between... Uh, 45 minutes to two hours to play and then what we do at my house is we just take a picture of our experience points so that we can remember next time so that when we do the next mission we can pick up right where we left off uh, but I was just in the middle of reading this or, or not reading this in the middle of recording this I started to think do I remember am, re- am I remembering this right And while I was looking it up, it seems like they have expansion packs for Imperial Assault as well, which I didn't even know about. Uh, And that's pretty exciting, I think. Anyway, Star Wars Imperial Assault, fantastic board game. If you haven't tried it out, you should. Uh, And, you know, follow follow the link to to help me out. All right. The next one that I want to talk about is this one is like, okay, Star Wars, big, long uh, campaign for you to do. Uh, Munchkin. Much shorter, less taking itself seriously, more filled with jokes. It's, you know, kill the monster, steal the treasure, and then backstab your friends uh, in order to be the first person to get to 10 points. It's basically a card game. And uh, you have classes and uh, races that you can be. So you can be like a, uh, a dwarven um, warrior. And being a dwarf means that you can hold two two two-handed weapons. So, you know, when you get a two-handed weapon, you can put that down on the board in front of you. And now you are more powerful by being a dwarven warrior with two two two-handed weapons. Well, then somebody else can say, oh, I have this card which changes a character that I want into an elf. So, you know, they play that on you. And then suddenly you're no longer a dwarf. Now you're an elf. And elves can't hold on to two two two-handed weapons, so you lose that thing. So there's a lot of working together in order to beat a monster, um, kind of bartering with people. Hey, uh, I need to beat this monster so that I can get the XP point. If you help me, I'll let you keep the treasure, that kind of thing. And then, of course, there's backstabbing your friends like I told you about before. It is really, really fun. The 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 captions written on the cards are really zany and hilarious. And I would recommend this one. If you are a very casual board game player, then Munchkin is without a doubt one that you want to pick up. And it's very expandable as well. They have like superhero ones that are combined. Like you can get a superhero Munchkin game and then you can just shuffle those cards in with the regular Munchkin cards munchkin cards and now you can be a superhero dwarven warrior with x-ray vision and two two two-handed weapons uh it's it's really kind of crazy and hilarious another really good long um drawn out campaign style board game that is based in in the horror genre that i'm a huge fan of is mansions of madness when the first time that i played this game i i Literally, it took me because it's very confusing. It took me over an hour to set up the board so that people can play. And the way that the game works is one person plays as the caretaker of this uh, of this mansion. And all of the other players are trying to work together to beat the game master or the uh, you know, the caretaker of the museum and you're also trying to uncover a story as you go. Uh, it's really, really cool. Uh, I've heard that the newer versions of the game have like an iOS or Android app that you can download that makes makes uh setup so much easier. I don't have that version, uh, so I haven't tried to use the app. But uh, I, I think that Mansions of Madness is really, really fun don't get that game out unless you have multiple hours of time to sit down with friends and play the game. Uh really, really cool game, and I love the art style of it as well. All right, I've, I've talked a little bit about some co-op, uh, some versus stuff, some co-op and versus stuff, and now I want to f- focus on something that is strictly co-op. You either all win together or you all lose together, and that is Space Cadets. Space Cadets is this really weird game where you're all on a spaceship, everybody has a job, and just like in, we'll say, Star Trek, you know, Scotty has a job to do in engineering, right? So he has to accomplish his task, and at the same time, Spock, he has to accomplish his task by um, doing his own thing. That's how Space Cadets works. Everybody has a job to do, and that means that they have their own little puzzle that they have to solve when when playing the game. So if I'm the engineer, and I need to get the shields up as fast as I possibly can, I have a little miniature game that I have to play, and it's timed in order to make sure that we have shield points for the captain to apply to defend us. Uh, and th- that's the kind of gameplay that Space Cadets has, where I'm doing one thing, somebody else is doing something else, and you know everybody at the table has a job to do, and we're all playing separate games together as part of this one overall meta game. Uh, that's another one where there's an app that goes along with it that really does help you understand things a lot better. The the, the I think the board games that I like the most are the ones that are the most confusing, um, which is funny because I'm bad at interpreting rules. Uh, But I've I've had so much fun with Space Cadets. It's really, really awesome. I highly recommend it to uh, to just about anybody. That's really fun. Uh, Speaking of the co-op, the last game that I want to talk about is another co-op game. And I think co-op games are really my favorite kind of games because the co-op games are where everybody wins together and nobody loses unless everybody loses. And that makes it a lot more fun. Actually, I'm going to I'm gonna pull an audible here, and I'm going to add one more co-op game after this one. Um, and that is The Legend of Drist, the board game. Uh, I'm a huge fan of D&D, and I used to read all of the R.A. Salvatore books. And uh, The Legend of Drist, the board game, is absolutely amazing. You play as the heroes from that book series... And it really is kind of a way to play d d without somebody having to shoulder the responsibility of being the dungeon master. Uh, so basically, the game just has the rules set up so that you are the dungeon master as you're playing during your turn. So you take your turn as the player, and then you have to take your turn as the monster. And they spell out very, very clearly what the rules are, like, this monster will first uh, move three spaces toward the nearest player, and then it will attack somebody that that's on its tile, or it will do an area of effect attack that hurts everybody within that area. And so uh, you're essentially playing D&D, but nobody has to be the, the dungeon master to do all of the prep work ahead of time. And this is another one of those games that has tons of uh, uh, campaigns in it that you can go in and do more than once because, you know, you play it through the first time and maybe you go through with Drist and Brunor and Bree. And then the next time, maybe you decide to bring with you the other characters like Regis and Jarlaxle and Artemis and Treri. And it's a different way. It's a different time that you've played through because, or not a different time that you've played through. It, It feels like a different game because you've got different characters with different powers and the board is randomized. So every time that you play, you put the board together as you're playing in a different order than the last time that you did. It's really, really cool. And by the way, remember that Ghostbusters game that I mentioned earlier? That's another one of those games where it's not randomized, but you put the board together um, differently each time you play, which is really cool. All right, I said the one extra one that I didn't actually put in uh, in the tweets, and I'll I'll make sure to add it afterwards. And that is, um, oh Star Trek. There, it's this really good Star Trek game, and I don't remember the name of it. I'm going to pause real quick and look it up. It's uh, called Star Trek Expeditions. It it uses um, Hero click figures, which basically there's little figures that look like, um, you know, the four main characters from Star Trek. You've got Kirk and Spock and um, oh, Bones. And I don't remember who the fourth character is that you get to use off the top of my head. Uh, they also have expansion packs where you can buy other characters, but they have they all stand on this little dial and you can turn the dial and change their stats, which is really cool. And basically, this board game feels like you're playing a Star Trek uh, TV show. Um, You've got diplomacy things that you've got to do. There's some combat things that you've got to do. Uh, It's a really, really awesome game. And the whole time that you're trying to solve the problem, you also have Klingons in orbit uh, messing with you while you are on this planet. It's a really, really good game. And I've had a lot of fun playing it. That's Star Trek. Expeditions. Anyway, I've been talking about board games for like a really, really long time, and this is like a a video game show, so maybe I should stop. What do you guys think? Let the Radio Shack TRS 80 put the world of color computing into your home. If you're an athlete, you know the greatest motivator of all is the fear of letting your teammates down. After all, a team is only as good as its weakest link, so you owe it to those wearing the same jersey as you to be your best every time you step on the field. That's why there's no vape in team. When you vape, you can expose your lungs to toxic chemicals that can damage your lungs. If you're a step behind, the team's a step behind. Brought to you by The Real Cost and the FDA. All right. We've got another question came in from Twitter. Uh, This one again from Leonard Strauss. He says, didn't think it was possible to be more disappointed in Nintendo switch online last night. I discovered that if you block a player, in my case for horrific lag, um, you can still be placed in matches with them. Blocking only reduces your chances of being matched. What? That seems kind of nuts to me. I don't know if anybody else has run into this issue because I never have. I don't think I've ever blocked somebody um, on Nintendo Switch, so I'm not sure. If, uh, if, if maybe it was just a bug, but that seems kind of crazy. You block somebody because you don't want to play with that person again, and then you get matched with that same person again. That seems kind of crazy. I would love to hear if anybody else has run into this same issue. Target announces the grand opening sale of its 19 new Los Angeles stores. Target's exploding prices on ColecoVision. Experience arcade game quality with push-button keyboards and eight-direction joysticks. Complete with Donkey Kong cartridge for just $169.99. I've got another uh, question came in from Blaziken on our Discord server. They said, hey, Bill, I've been thinking lately about how games are brought to you or presented to you before release. Back in the day, you had a magazine article or an obscure commercial, but most of your buying decision was from the name, the cover art, and the couple of pictures and a description on the back while you stood there making a decision in the store. Man, just reading what he's writing here is bringing me back to being a kid. Uh, That's exactly right. Uh, That's what happened. We didn't know anything about these games ahead of time. Uh, unless we played them at a friend's house, in which case we usually didn't buy them because we would just buy different ones so we could trade. Anyway, back to what Blaziken was saying. Now these days you have massive trailers, websites, news articles, reviews, review scores, developer insights, gameplay, and uh, and tons more all before the game even releases. Do you think the oversaturation... Of information of a game before we buy it really skews our playthrough experience, or is it all necessary with the size of the games are with the size of games today and how many are out there in the market? I really miss that mystery of a game and being able to experience it without already knowing so much about it. Well, I've got a couple of things for you, Blaziken. Number one, uh, thanks for sending in a question, and this is a really good discussion topic. Uh, but here's what you can do go on, like, I don't know if you're a Twitter user, but you can use Twitter and block certain topics. So if there's a game that you think sounds cool and you don't want to know anything more about it, just go ahead and block it. And then you won't hear anything about it. Like I usually use this right around when big movies are going to release. So right before the newest Star Wars movie comes out, I block the category of Star Wars from Twitter uh, and uh, there's actually Chrome extensions that you can use that will filter out the you know Star Star Wars spoilers and stuff like that and you know Marvel spoilers that kind of stuff, which I think is is really cool. Secondly, is uh, I don't I don't know that you can that that games today would be able to sell without all of this stuff. It's not so much about the size of the game; it's about the breadth of the gaming industry. There's so many games that come out every single day. And unless they have a huge marketing team behind them, nobody's going to notice them. They're just going to get buried in the shuffle. It's not like you can walk into a store. And like when I worked at, I used to work at Babbage's, which is a video game store back when I was in high school. And the way that the the place was set up was it had all of these little triangles. Uh, that So you were walking down a hallway, and there was like a triangle that had the one side was against the wall, and then the other two were sticking out. And so it had like a zigzag down both sides of the store. And on that was the shelves where we had the video games. And the video games weren't even put on there sideways. They were put on their face out so that you could see the cover of the game. You can't do that today because there's so many games. It, it, it would just be like going into a library and you'd need like a card catalog to find a game in, say, GameStop. So back back in the days when I worked at um, at Babbage's, you could walk in and just kind of peruse the games and see if anything jumped out at you as super interesting and you could walk over and grab it off the shelf. but you can't do that today because there's just so many games. So I don't think we're ever gonna go back to the days when 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 you can launch a game that doesn't have a website and review stuff and all that. I mean, sure, that happens every day on um, on Steam. Like there's, I think there's like hundreds of games launched every single day on Steam and nobody ever hears about them, knows about them or buys them or plays them. I'm sure that they sell enough money or enough copies to make money for the uh, publisher, but probably not all that much. So I I, I do kind of have a nostalgia to going into the store and looking around. But these days, it's just not a good experience because there's just too much for there's, there's too much going on in the store. Uh, in addition to having, uh, what seems like thousands of titles in the store, they also, uh, have to have a nonstop ad running on the TV, uh, up above. And in addition to the games that they have there, they're also trying to sell you t-shirts and, and, you know, statues and a bunch of other crap. Uh, So I, I would love to go back to those days where you just walk into the store and look and you can see everything and make a decision then. But then we would have less choice and we would have less games. And I don't know if that I would want less games. Good question, though. Well, I had a whole bunch of other topics to talk about today, but I try not to let these episodes get too long. So that's it for today's episode of Ask RJS. If you want to become a part of the community and uh, use that Ask Ask RJS channel or just chat with over 1,200 other awesome people like yourself, then join us over at runjumpstomp.com slash Discord. You can watch the show live at twitch.tv slash runjumpstomp. You can get a hold of me through email. Uh, not email use twitter twitter's better email is the worst uh on, on twitter at run Jump, stomp uh and use that hashtag ask rjs this uh, show is part of the giant size team up network for more information check us out at gstu.net and finally if you're looking to support the show head on over to runjumpstomp.com slash thank you and check out my other shows at runjumpstomp.com slash shows. The music you're hearing right now is Corneria Star Fox Remix by Noteblock. It's awesome music, and they're awesome for letting me use it. I'll see you next time. Until then, bye-bye.